Hello, my name is Emily Washburn, and I am here today to discuss one of the great modern Jewish thinkers, Abraham Joshua Heschel. First, I want to start out with some genealogy and background of Heschel to gain an understanding of where he came from and his upbringing. Then I will examine some of Heschel's key arguments and thoughts, and finally will conclude with a look into Heschel's involvement in the civil rights movement. To start, all of Heschel's ancestors can be traced back to the Hasidic founders, and so Heschel himself was expected to inherit the position of Rebbe, meaning spiritual and community leader, because of this lineage. Heschel's grandmother, after her husband died, remarried her father's brother, her uncle, to maintain royalty in their family lineage. In addition to Heschel's line of Orthodox Jewish royalty, his family is said to have had some exciting supernatural happenings. He is descended from Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, who lived from 1748 until 1825, who was after Rav, known to have possessed supernatural qualities, as well as believing he was reincarnated and claimed he remembered standing at Mount Sinai as Moses received the Torah from God, even saying he remembers the person who was standing next to him during this moment. In another instance, Heschel's step-grandfather, his grandmother's second husband, as mentioned earlier, was also said to have supernatural happenings relating to him. On the Sabbath, after giving a blessing over the wine, the goblet is said to have bubbled in a, quote, wondrous manner. He is also said to have slept for only two hours each night. In yet another instance, on Heschel's mother's side, it was her, Rivka Perlow, and her twin brother that were born out of a miracle. Her parents had one daughter already, but yearned for a son to continue their dynasty. After suggestion from a relative, they left Russia and moved to Poland, where they were told that they would have a son. After a blessed piece of silver rubble was placed on their bez midrash, her mother birthed twins, a boy and a girl. Clearly, Heschel comes from a unique and exciting family lineage of Hasidic Jews. Heschel was born in Warsaw, Poland in 1907 into a poor family despite his lineage. He was the youngest of six children. His father, Moshe Mordecai Heschel, died of influenza when Heschel was just nine years old. He was raised with a traditional yeshiva education and went on to pursue his doctorate at the University of Berlin. Heschel had superior intellect. He mastered the Bible, Babylonian and Palestinian Talmuds, the Midrash, and other great works of medieval thinkers at a very young age. In 1933, after joining a Yiddish poetry group, he published a volume of Yiddish poems dedicated to his father. In October of 1938, while Heschel was living in a room rented from a Jewish family in Frankfurt, he was arrested by the Gestapo and deported to Poland. There he spent a little under a year teaching Jewish philosophy and the Torah at Warsaw's Institute for Jewish Studies. Just six weeks before the Germans invaded Poland, Heschel left Warsaw for London helped by the president of Hebrew Union College, Julian Morgenstern, who at the time had been actively working to get visas for Jewish scholars to escape. Heschel himself got out just in time, but he lost his sister Esther in a bombing and his mother and two sisters, Jittel and Devra, died in concentration camps. After leaving Poland and Germany, he never returned later in his life and once wrote, quote, if I should go to Poland or Germany, Every stone, every tree would remind me of the content, hatred, murder, of children killed, of mothers burned alive, of humans being asphyxiated. Finally, in 1940, Heschel arrived in New York City 
and then worked for Hebrew Union College in Cincinnati, Ohio for five years. He returned to New York City in 1946 to work for the Jewish Theological Seminary of America, where he served as professor of Jewish ethics and mysticism until his death in 1972. Academically speaking, Heschel was very intellectual and had a robust resume, but his work did not stop there. Interestingly, it was not until after he married Sylvia Strauss that Heschel developed major theological work and ideas. Later in life, Heschel became very involved in the civil rights movement, which will be mentioned later in this podcast. Heschel published a wonderful book in 1951 called The Sabbath, which simply put is about his ideas on how the Sabbath and even Judaism as a whole should be observed and fit into life. It focuses on the basic practices of attitude on the Sabbath. For example, you should not be angry or complain, but it also covers topics such as the sanctification of time on this holy day. The main thesis of this book, as he writes, is, quote, the meaning of the Sabbath is to celebrate time rather than space. Six days a week, we live under the tyranny of things of space. On the Sabbath, we try to become attuned to holiness in time. It is a day on which we are called upon to share in what is eternal in time, to turn from the results of creation to the mystery of creation, from the world of creation to the creation of the world. There is no better way to further this explanation and his argument than to share a three-minute clip of Heschel speaking about time being holy in a lecture from 1967. The ultimate truth is not to be found in space, but in time. God is closer to time than to space. And I suggest to you that in Judaism, time is very important, tremendously important. Now, what is time? If I may very briefly suggest a few definitions, I would say time is continuous creation. Time is God's presence in the world of space. Time is holy. The present moment is the presence of God. Therefore, one ought to have reverence all the time for the presence, for time. In a very deep sense, Judaism is a religion of time. It tells you what to do with the moment. Judaism as a religion may be defined as sanctification of time. Every moment is a great opportunity for sanctification, for goodness, for service. Every moment. God is present in time. If you want to search for God, don't necessarily go to the peak of a mountain or to the depth of a forest. Just ponder the moment and the mystery of time. So I say to you that the real piety of a Jew is related to his sensitivity of time. Every moment is holy and therefore calls upon us to respond to it the way it really is. It's so marvelous to be alive. It's such a joy to be a contemporary of God. But very few of us pay attention to it, right? That's the meaning of existence, to be aware one's being a contemporary of God. And every moment is an opportunity, an endless opportunity, to do the good, to accomplish, and to be creative. The true image of man is to be understood in time. A human being is not a piece of body in space. He is time. Time is a great mystery. The dignity of man is in his being time. Man lives in space, but he is time. I would like to turn now to focus on two other aspects of Heschel's theology, which are his ideas about the relationship between man and God, 
which was touched on in the clip of Heschel, and how his ideas related to the quote, new thinking. Here, I have invited my classmate and friend, KK Maholland, to speak on Heschel's relation to Martin Buber and Franz Rosenzweig. Thanks so much for having me on today, Emily. Okay, so Heschel had a personal relationship with Martin Buber, another Jewish scholar. Um, they kept in touch in their long-distance acquaintanceship, and Heschel even spoke several times with Buber during his lectures. Buber created the idea of an I-thou relationship, which only occurs in total giving of oneself to another and of that person to you. So Buber believes that God's relationship with man should be in the I-thou relationship of dialogue and acceptance. This argument was one that Heschel really agreed with, and he even uh, wrote a Yiddish poem called I and Thou. Heschel believed in the importance of giving oneself to Judaism with all effort. Uh, Hasidism emphasizes everyday life, and both Buber and Heschel found it to be the most authentic and organic way to have an active relationship with God every day. As with Buber, Heschel shared and agreed with many of the ideas of Franz Rosenzweig, another Jewish scholar. Rosenzweig's main argument was of new thinking promotes lived Jewish experience in connection to speech and discussion. This builds with Buber's I-Thou relationship and the idea of giving oneself to Judaism with all effort. Heschel argued with acceptance, we stop there and take life for granted. With the eyes of religious wonder, however, we can spark discussion and engage and have active engagement and examination of religion and ask questions. This is similar to Rosenzweig's argument. Both are in agreement of the importance of lived experiences through an emphasis on speech and discussion. They also both encourage asking the tough questions about religion. Thank you so much, KK, for coming on here today and giving insight on how some of Heschel's thoughts and ideas fit into the work of other great Jewish scholars. The ideas and values of the I and thou relationship, an emphasis on speech and discussion KK mentioned, were carried with Heschel into his activism with the civil rights movement. Heschel, like many Jews, recognized a calling to activism in the civil rights movement because of their history of prosecution, discrimination, and slavery, not to mention the Holocaust taking place a little over a decade earlier. Martin Luther King Jr. and Heschel formed a relationship and alliance. He was present at the Selma to Montgomery March, standing at the front of the marchers with Martin Luther King Jr. and other religious leaders. Martin Luther King Jr. was one of the few who recognized the religious similarities between Judaism's use of the Old Testament and the African-American community's focus on the Moses narrative and many other preachings from the Old Testament. Heschel's values of an I and thou relationship and emphasis on speech and discussion were very relevant in terms of combating racism. Heschel committed himself to the civil rights movement and allyship with African-Americans and Martin Luther King Jr and Martin Luther King Jr. did the same for his relationship with Heschel. They both promoted speech and discussion on the often difficult topics of race and racism in America. I would like to end with a clip from an NBC interview with Heschel that exhibits some of his views on racism and a lesson about God that is still applicable in America today. As a person committed to biblical faith, I would say what keeps humanity alive is the certainty that we have a father but then i also have to remember that god is either the father of all men or of no men 
Thank you for listening, and I hope you gained a clearer picture of Heschel's history, ideas in conjunction with other scholars such as Buber and Rosenzweig, and involvement in the civil rights movement.